Welcome to episode four of the Lalo podcast. If you're watching this right now, you see that this is very different. I'm in my bed, in my room. This is very intimate. It feels kind of weird because I'm staring at myself in the camera, but I'm super excited. So I think we should just get into it. Shall we? Hey, wait, let me, let me, let me chill. Hey, wait, let me, let me, let me handle it. So episode four of the Lalo podcast, I want to give you guys a little bit of background on why things look kind of different. When we started planning this podcast, we planned about four or five months in advance. And the original idea was that I would do a podcast episode by myself once every quarter. But as I got into the process, I realized, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is a lot of work. <laughs> and I decided, look, I need like a week every month where I can just be chill, be intimate, go into more depth in my episodes than I normally do with my guests. And so we changed things up. And with that being said, we've also hired some help. I have editors. I am hiring booking help, scheduling help, outlining help, all of the things because I cannot do this by myself. I work a nine to five y'all and my nine to five is really like a nine to nine if I'm being completely honest. I'm really excited for you guys to see where this podcast is going. We have so many ideas. So with that being said, episode four is titled ADNHD, which stands for Attention Deficit in High Definition. Lord have mercy. So one of the main reasons why I made this podcast was because of TikTok. I had no idea absolutely no idea that I would ever in my entire life make a podcast. And in my previous episode with Highland, I talked a little bit about how I have so many ideas and hobbies and different things that I love to throw myself into, but I never thought that a podcast would be the thing that I'm doing. And I've talked about doing a podcast before with like friends and family, but you know what, like when you're just like kiki and with your friends and family, you like, girl, we need a podcast. That's like the extent to which that went. Like, I just never thought that this would actually be a possibility because fun fact of the day, ADHD in adults is untreated and undiagnosed in less than 20% of adults. That is insane. And as somebody who has been blessed to have the resources, the um, support, the help to really understand why I am the way that I am, it felt so important for me to show my experience, show who I truly am. And as I started to gain some followers on TikTok, people were like, we need more. Like, we need you to go more in depth. We need help. And I'm like, girl, I am not the person to help you because I am a mess, quite frankly. Just to give you guys a little bit of background, when I was 16 or 17 years old, I really honestly don't know. Was I 16 or 17? I think I was 17. I'm pretty sure I was 17. It was like 2013, 2014. I was a senior in high school and I decided at that time that I was going to be homeschooled because I started working a job that was paying me in a medical office like $900 every two weeks. I was living at home. Child, in 2013, 2014, that was money, okay? And I was like, look bump school. I'm going to work. So as I was working in that office, I had like my 90-day review and my manager at the time, who was Irish, I want to speak like her, but I'm not going to do that to myself. She was like, have you ever, I'm just going to talk in, a, talk in a British accent. Have you ever been like diagnosed with ADHD? And I was like, no. And she was like, really? And I was like, no. She was like, I think you need to go to the doctor. And I was like, okay. So I go home and I tell my mom, I'm like, 
girl, I might have ADHD. And she's like, girl, what? And I was like, yeah. She's like, well, let's go to the doctor. So I found a doctor in Plano, Texas. His name is Doc Young. Um, if you guys need to get a diagnosis. And I went and I took the test. And when I tell y'all, I scored so high on that test that he came back and he said to me and my mom, how has this never come up in your entire life? And my mom was like, uh, <laughs> this is just who Cortland has always been. So we start going back into like my history and in my life. And he was like, how is she in school? And my mom was like, well, <laughs> and I was like, well, <laughs> girl, child school, what was school? I was one of those kids that my teachers would describe me as disruptive, uninterested, a little hard to handle, but I always did well. Like I would end each year with A's and B's and they just could not fathom how somebody could be so disconnected with something that was surrounding kids' lives. Like school to me was like jail. Like we spent eight hours a day in there I was like what is we doing like I was just like I I love learning but school just felt like a hole of hell so my mom was like you know she didn't do too well um as far as behavior but she did really well on tests and so then the doctor was like okay so how is she with like addiction how is she with driving and my mom was like well and I was like well when I was 16 I got my first ticket I was driving uh I'm so embarrassed to say this I was driving 64 in a 35 um, speed zone on Martin Luther King Boulevard in Dallas, Texas. And I got my first ticket and I just, I didn't even know I was driving that fast. And he was like, okay, so what about addiction issues? And she's like, you know, she's a little bit addicted to food. We talked about that in episode two. So he was like, okay, these are the things that are starting to add up. He asked me about my sensitivity. I'm a very emotional person, but I hide it really, really well. But my rejection sensitivity is so deep that's also something if you think you have ADHD, you should look up. It's called RSD. It's so deep that like I <laughs> cry at least once a day and it can't, it's not even that it could not be anything anybody does to me. I just feel so much, but if something feels like it's rejecting me, I can't handle it. So after we did the assessment, I was put on medication and I want to make a disclaimer that I don't think everybody should be on medication. I don't think everybody should do like CBT therapy. I just had the opportunity and we did it. So um, we tried Adderall. Adderall was not great for me. It made me like super depressed when it came down because it's a fast acting medication. And we opted to do Vyvanse. And Vyvanse is a long lasting medication. I think it lasts like eight hours. Um so I was put on 20 milligrams, which is the lowest dose. And by four months into my diagnosis, I was at the highest dose of Vyvanse. And for seven years, I took 70 milligrams of ADHD medication. My life changed drastically. My life was in order. Like I was working incredibly well. I was managing my money. I wasn't as impulsive. I wasn't driving fast. I wasn't using substances to help my emotions it just it was like I was a brand new person so you know that meme by um it's Kenya Moore on Real Housewives of Atlanta and she's like everybody just exhausts themselves trying to figure me out and I let them that was literally my life like I literally was that person that was like girl you ain't never gonna figure me out 
I am exhausting and that's okay. But I just didn't understand why everybody had an issue with it. I was just like, this is just who I am. Like, I just, I love trying different things. I love being impulsive. I love this side of me that experiences so much in life and y'all are just afraid to do it. That's just what I thought. I was just thought everybody was scared. When I got the diagnosis, when I started taking the medication, I realized like there is nothing wrong with me. My brain is just not wired for the world that was created around us. I don't deal with structure well. In my relationships, one of the biggest complaints was we don't know who you are. We don't know who you're going to be the next day. And now I see it as a superpower because I don't ever get bored. So if somebody is dealing with me, they have to understand that my life is a little chaotic because that's just how my brain works. I can't help it. Like I just... I see something and I'm like, ooh, I need it. I need to learn everything I can about it. I need to hyper-focus on it. I need to understand it. And then I'm like, okay, I'm done. I want to move into my life now and what it looks like and what I've experienced having ADHD. If y'all see Max... is having a time okay as a 26 year old with ADHD I am currently medicated um I take 60 milligrams of Vyvanse five days a week sometimes six I ain't gonna lie I kind of have this thing where I find a new hobby and I invest money time energy everything into it and I fixate on it and I learn everything I can about it and I master it and then boom I'm like okay what's next but there is this period that people with ADHD experience where you find a hobby you attach yourself to it and then there's a depression right after it because you're like what's next what can I do next where can I go it's like you're longing for this dopamine that you can't find in everyday life so this shows up in many ways in my relationships in my work environments when I tell y'all my resume is long child I have done every job you could possibly think of I've worked in healthcare I worked in smoothie king I worked in makeup I worked in tech I worked in real estate I worked in insurance everything you could possibly think of this has been something that has been hard for me to adjust to because everybody around me always tells me like oh my god you're supposed to just settle down and just like hone in on the thing that you're good at and I'm like but what do you do when you're good at a lot of things I'm not trying to boost myself up but girl when you hyper fixate on things so much you become good at so many things that you can't decide what to do with your life but I don't see that as a problem anymore. I see that as a superpower. I am so proud of what I've been able to accomplish and where I've been able to go in my life because of the things that I've been willing to just throw myself into and just experience. But on the other side of that, the people around me don't really know how to handle me. So let's talk about relationships. Let's get into it. Let's just get into it. In my relationships, I've dealt with people who are like, you are not transparent. I don't really know what you got going on. I don't really know what you're doing. Like, this is too much for me. And I'm just like, why do you want to be the same person every day? Like, I had to really come to understand that everybody is not like me. I had to come to understand that I do have to compromise in having routine and having structure and being available and not disappearing and coming back when things are suitable for me. I've had to learn that people have emotions and feelings just as strong as I do. So finding somebody that is just as impulsive and excited and enthusiastic and very emotional as I am has been tough. And one of the things that I can suggest is when you meet somebody who matches that energy, 
tell them what it really is. Get that person and let them know like, hey, this is who I am. If you can't handle it anytime, I want to allow you to have the space to decide how you want to show up in my life and I'll show up in your life accordingly and give them that space to be able to say like, this is what I need from you. And I say, this is what I need from you. And this is what you will, what you will receive from me. That's something that I've had to learn in my 26 years of life. As far as employment goes, (laughs) child, I give a job. The longest I have ever stayed at a job was probably a year and a half. And that was due to the fact that when push comes to shove, these these bills got to get paid. I'm sorry. Like my mama is not taking care of me. I got to pay my bills. That's literally what it comes down to. But I find that in jobs, I just get bored. I just cannot do the same thing every day. And the creative side of me is like, okay, I want to create when I want to create on my time, on my terms, but it requires a level of discipline that this podcast is teaching me. So I get into a job and I'm like, okay, this is exciting. This is new. There are new people. And then I realize that their processes and their systems and their way of doing things don't really align with how my brain works. And they're not really willing to change their way of doing things for my standard. And then I'm like, okay, bye. And because of the experience that I've had, because of my ability to pick up things quickly, I obtain jobs very fast, but then I leave them just as quickly. So something that I've had to learn is allowing grace, allowing grace, allowing space and allowing time for relationships, for jobs, for people, for circumstances for situations in my life to manifest into what they need to be and for me to truly feel like I have taken everything from that space and make it into my own and then I leave giving it more time to develop into something else giving it more time to really affect me the way that I need it to for myself But one thing that I want to reiterate is that you never have to apologize for who you are. Sometimes we just have to find our tribe. We just have to find our people. We just have to find the things that fit with our ADHD minds. It's extremely complex. I don't think people understand what it's like to truly have ADHD, especially as a black woman, especially as a woman who fits into many different spaces but at many different times in their life. And you go on TikTok and so many people are like, oh my God, everybody thinks they have ADHD. But when I say it, it's truly underdiagnosed in so many individuals. Sometimes people just need to understand why they are the way they are and not receive a diagnosis or receive a medication or receive therapy for it. It's just like, hey, I identify with these things. It starts to click. It starts to make sense. And that's what I want to be able to provide for other people. So now I want to move into things that I've learned that have helped me to adjust and to kind of operate in this world that is not necessarily set up for my brain. The one thing that my mom always taught me was being proactive instead of reactive. I am still working on this. Today, y'all, today I had a mental breakdown. I literally cried (laughs) to my mom and I just had a fit and I just lost it. And she was like, girl, I told you to do this three months ago (laughs) and look at you now. And I just 
don't think in terms of time. This is why I'm late to everything. This is why I literally have to get ready for five hours in my day for one event because I just know if I wait until an hour before, I will be three hours late. So I've kind of created this system for myself. For instance, I have to take care of Max, right? I have my dog. I know he has to be groomed every six weeks. So when I go to take him to get groomed, I sit there and I say, hi, I need to schedule for six weeks for Max to come to his appointment. Another thing that I've really had to learn to do is to eat better. I don't care what anybody says. Nutrition has played a huge part in my mental health and my ability to function as somebody with ADHD. When I got this nutritionist, I did um, a test, a few tests. I did a stool test. I had to poop on a plate, scoop the poop up into a vial. It was horrendous, but it worked. I did a saliva test and I did a blood test and I found out that I was allergic to 39 foods. These foods include bananas, broccoli, cauliflower, salmon, chicken, eggs, brown rice, oatmeal, things that I ate every single day. I still eat them. I ain't gonna lie. Look, okay, like look, inflation is real and sometimes chicken is a little bit cheaper than, than steak, I gotta say. But when I stick to these plans and these routines of not eating these foods, it is literally life changing. I'm not saying to go out and get a nutritionist and spend all of this money, but there is something called, um, what is it called? <laughs> what am I talking about? <laughs> we got to get better at this. Oh my God. Um, food elimination. God dang. Jesus. When you eliminate certain foods, you can see how your body reacts. So I would suggest like some of the main foods, like if you eat beef, remove it from your diet for 30 days and see how your body reacts. If there's no difference, eat beef. If you remove chicken and you see a difference, take the chicken away. For instance, when I eat chicken, I break out in hives. I get acne on my back. For some reason in my mind, it's not that big of a deal because I've been eating chicken my whole life, but I sleep better. I feel better. I have more energy. I'm more focused. I'm more aware when I don't eat certain things. Y'all, I am literally the stereotype of a black person, like the opposite. I am allergic to watermelon and chicken. Like that's so corny, but like, it's crazy that those are the things that I literally grew up eating and it affected how I dealt with life mentally. Another thing that has affected my body is alcohol. And I hate to say it because I love tequila, quite frankly. I like it a little bit too much. When I kind of got into this phase of my addiction to ADHD medication and alcohol, it was seven years into taking my medication. And if you have ADHD, you understand that the medication eventually kind of does not have the same euphoric effects that it does when you first start taking it. So I started supplementing my ADHD medicine with um, street Adderall. So I take my 70 milligrams and then I would take 30 milligrams of street Adderall. I don't even know if it was real. And then I would drink a lot. I want to so badly give you guys these ideas of just go buy a new planner, just set alarms, just do all these things. It doesn't work for me. I'm sorry. It just doesn't. But what I typically do is every night before bed, I set a to-do list and I literally force myself instead of getting on TikTok that first, first thing in the morning, I go to my to-do list and I see what I have the capacity for that day. If I have a list of 10 things, maybe three things on that list, I 
can accomplish that day. And that's enough for me. I'm not hard on myself. Let's try again tomorrow. So that's another thing that I have learned um, at this point in my life is grace, not just with other people, other things, but with myself. I'm very patient with myself. If I feel like I'm failing, if I feel like I'm falling behind, I find another solution. I'm not hard on myself at all. Like I tell people every day, my life is chaotic. My house right now, y'all can't see it. It's crazy right now. It's a mess. But guess what? I'm going to take care of it tomorrow because I have the space and the time and the energy to take care of it tomorrow. This podcast episode is coming out the same day that I'm recording it. But guess what? It came out. We're going to read a TikTok question from one of my viewers. One of my viewers asked me, how do I balance living a Christian life while wanting to go out and party, but also wanting to maintain spiritual balance. And in this video that she commented on, I talked a little bit about how I've always felt like I didn't fit in certain spaces, but it's because, especially as women or people with ADHD, we feel like we can fit in many spaces, but we don't necessarily balance our time in each space the correct way or a way that is efficient for us. To answer this viewer's question, when I find something that I truly enjoy. I don't see anything outside of it as someone who grew up in a very religious household. That's another conversation for another day. I have had to learn how to balance these two versions of myself, the duality that lives within me. So something that's been really helpful is finding different activities in different spaces that cater to both of those needs. The side of me that's super spiritual and like super into like you know, God, the Bible, Jesus, crystals, numerology, and, 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 and INTJs, INFPs, all of the things that, you know, embody who we are as people, but also the side of me that wants to act a fool and have a good time. That is something that's been very hard for me to balance. So for instance, I will find an activity that day that fulfills the more spiritual, earthy, um, in tune side of me. And then that night I'll go out. And then after that, instead of going out for four or five days at a time, because that's the thing that feels most comfortable to me, I'll then say, okay, next morning, if I feel like getting up and walking, I'm going to go on a walk and I'm going to spend time in nature. If I don't do that, I cannot go out. I have to set boundaries and I have to set rules for myself in order to live a balanced life. If I go out the night before and I spend the next day recovering, I'm not going out again. But there were times where I would say bump outside, bump the the nature and the spirituality. I'm going to just go outside for six months at a time. And then the side of me that needs to be grounded is not fed. So something that I highly suggest is finding different activities that you want to do. And whenever I feel the impulse to just do something and I don't know what it is, I go back to that list and I say, these are the things that I've been wanting to do. For instance, bouldering was something that I wanted to try and I really got into and I even signed up for a membership and I haven't been back since the first time I went, not gonna lie. But that was something that I really wanted to try. So there was a day where I was like, man, I'm bored. Like I need a new hobby. I need a new thing to do. So I went, I went to the bouldering website. I signed up for a class and I did that. And then after bouldering, I came home and I started drinking a little bit of a Casamigos. And I was like, hmm, Laurel Tavern is up the street. I'm going to go get some drinks. I came home. 
my day was taken care of. I felt fulfilled. I felt good. And I met new people that also had the same interest in different spaces. And I was able to divvy up that time. To conclude in this question on how do I balance my, you know, Christian spirituality side and the side of me that wants to go out and have a good time, it's really just about being mindful and understanding that two versions of myself can exist at once and neither of them have to lack fulfillment. Well, here we are at the last bit of the episode. This is a pretty short episode. I really just wanted to kind of have an introduction into what ADHD has meant for me and also my first episode by myself. And I hope I was able to provide a little bit of an idea of what ADHD looks like in myself so that I can continue to help women and people, especially women of color, but don't have access to the resources and support that can help them. But next week, we are coming back with an episode that I'm so excited about. And like I say this about every episode, but every episode just gets better and better and better and better. This is the Lay Low podcast. We're talking about ways to lay low, live authentically in our truth, be ourselves. But for now, thank you so much for laying low with me. This is Cortland. I'm checking out. I got to go to bed. It's 102 in the morning and my computer is about to die. But I'm so glad to be here. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And until next time, bye.